Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. It's 11, 11, it is Remembrance Day. This is the COB, and it's all the stuff you need to know about the day in markets and finance and startups. I'm Nadine Blaney, here with David Scott. It's great to be back. Leave people hanging. <laughs> hey, it was a bad day for the market, down by six-tenths of one percent, but I have got to start with the positive because the top ten in percentage terms were all miners mm-hmm. the top five by market weight by market cap um, by index points i should say all miners today so really if it weren't for the commodities complex i mean this whole day would have looked a lot worse yeah it's almost like there was a bit of rotation taking place because we've seen the banks have had a very good run and other parts of the market have had a very good run and that inflation figure that came out last night ooh, in the states whoo, that was hot and uh, i got a lot of people getting excited about you know that commodity space again and of course there's been a few developments in china that maybe going and influencing some of those uh, price moves as well. Chalice, Fortescue, Regis, Mineral Resources, Gold Road, all looking really, really good. Um, Chalice is its own sort of story, so we'll leave that one there. Fortescue, I mean, lots of chatter that it's the green hydrogen. It's Andrew Forrest's ad that helps light a spark under Fortescue Metals. I mean, it's hard to, to disagree with it because I don't think that the iron ore price quite justified that move. Yeah, I went and put it out on Twitter uh, because I, I like to think I have a pretty good grasp of what's going on in that space, but uh, it, my mind was getting boggled. I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I heard lots of things and I heard lots of uh, no news that was released like in prior days. But the one thing that struck me is that even when the iron ore price was going lower, uh, the, the Fortescue share price was holding up extremely well, like re- resilient you know, in, the, in the light of what's going on with the actual prices for its products. And uh, it just happened to coincide when it started to go and get that bid and that resilience was just around the time that the green hydrogen announcement was made by uh, for, uh, Fortescue uh, uh, Industries. F- Fortescue Future, Future, Future Industries. Industries yes. FFI, got to get used to that one. It is everywhere. I swear I have a... Uh, a message in my inbox, an email in my inbox every every day from from Fortescue Future Industries right now. I'm happy to get them. If you're listening, keep them coming. All right. Now, um, look, we had a chat to end the day about the commodity complex overall, and it was really a, st- a conversation about the Chinese property space. Yeah, and uh, lots of speculation about what's going to happen when it comes to the property developers. I think most people would have a base case scenario that, the Chinese Communist Party is not going to go and let it collapse. It's, that's just not going to happen. But what they're going to do is they're going to unwind some of those really highly indebted uh, developers, such as Kaiser, such as uh, Evergrande, and have probably uh, state-owned enterprises and, and ones that are more closely linked to the government go and pick up those uh, those assets that are bargain basement prices. There was a few rumours circulating that that had been the case. The uh, the three lines uh, that uh, you know, the rules are being put in place you know, to go and prevent uh, no heavily indebted uh, no developers taking on more debt. There might be some loosening of restrictions there. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that space. But certainly, uh, it looks like we might have seen a, a near-term low for iron ore price. 
But uh, I know things could change very quickly. Uh, we had Evergrande make a debt payment as mm -hmm. well to go and avoid default on its US dollar bonds again. That probably came from the government. We don't know exactly where. But uh, yeah, let's see what happens. But uh, look, we actually had a couple of guests in the program who were sounding not uh, totally pessimistic about it. No, that's good. That's that's better that than pessimistic. Absolutely. <laughs> Not totally pessimistic. Okay. Uh, we'll just leave that one there, Scotty, because I do want to get into some of those tech names. Look, there was news in that space. Number one, we had a update coming from Nearmap. Shares down by 12%. Set its A... VC outlook, and that was the worst day for the company in six months. So not a positive there. Also zero. So it was out with its half yearly results. Look, it's spending big to grow, but you know, still, uh, it, it was down by six percent today. Interesting because that was the stock of the day, and both of my guests still say that it's a very high quality company. Take a listen to Claude Walker from A Rich Life, and we had Carl Capolinga from Think Market. You have a situation where yes, it has. Um, over $1 billion in annualized monthly recurring revenue now, but it has a market cap of, I think, about $21 billion. And so it works out at being, even after the move down today, at about 18 or 19 times um, um, annualized monthly recurring revenue, which is fairly expensive for um, a company that is, you know, only, you know, not necessarily growing uh, fast enough. And, you know, so personally, I don't think I'm going to be buying today, but... Yeah, not a buy yet on the chart, uh, not to say that it, it, it won't be or couldn't be in the short term. I agree with Claude in terms of the quality of the stock. Brokers uh, brokers have, have massive, massive projections on what this thing is going to do. So first first point, um, watching for a buy around this level. Second point, don't be scared away uh, by, by the valuation metrics. They're going to get um, a lot better. And finally, just on the on the half yearly result today, a couple of things that look disappointing about some of the headline numbers, but they are spending money to make money down the track. And the other thing I note is they did raise their prices very recently. Um, so margins improved, tick, tick, tick. And churn, as Claude said, went down. How about that? Less than one, fewer than 1% churn. Great. So uh, not going in the portfolio because they wouldn't be buying today, but uh, you can listen to all of their comments in podcast form or via the website. Now, Zip had a really bad day as well. It was down by 5%. I think it has something to do, obviously, with inflation, potential for rising bond yields, detected poorly in the U.S. But we also had a firm, so a big BNPL player in the U.S., extending a deal that it's done with Amazon. I had a chat with one of our guests to sort of end the day. Um, and, and he was saying, look, Afterpay investors should actually be celebrating a firm's win with Amazon. It sort of put, hey, you know, muscling into the uh, Afterpay zip territory. And he said, no, you should celebrate it because it's an affirmation of the investment thesis that, that it's, it's here to stay. BNPL is a force in finance. Um, you can listen to that interview via the show notes if you so desire. It's interesting. It's not uh, square shareholders. Yeah, right. Yep. True enough. All right. Now, there's another few interviews that you can really enjoy uh, via those show notes, notes if you like. So we do hope that you explore that. Um, Scotty, what was your view today? About quantitative easing. I won't go and spoil it, but um, I don't like it. I think it's time to go. It, it is time to go. They, like With that inflation read now under our belts, Chinese inflation yesterday, yes, the inflationary pulse, the supply chain shock, uh, won't last forever and it's a whole different conversation when you get to rates but i mean why why are we seeing all of this buying continue at this pace it's do you think markets can handle if the fed does come out and, and start tapering more aggressively uh you'd say so there's look there's oodles of liquidity still out there 
Um, but no, at some point, you're going to say enough is enough. And uh, the one thing that really struck me last night from that inflation report, and look, QE's not the only uh, no problem that's at hand here, but uh, lower socioeconomic classes, the lower class, they're going backwards. They're getting absolutely poleaxed, and the people who are winning are asset holders. And uh, it just struck me last night that uh, no, this is a Federal Reserve who's still buying 120 billion of, uh, of bonds up until the end of this month, and then they're going to change over and start to taper. But my goodness, you do not need to be doing it now. There's creating distortions in the bond market. You've got you know, extremely low or record low real yields out there. We've got people talking about the treasury market, like illiquidity problems. Come on, central banks. It's time to go and say, look, enough is enough. Is this actually going to achieve those economic objectives that you want it to achieve? I dare say no. Look, we ha- we can't go without mentioning that jobs report at the highest unemployment level in 12 months. The headline does not make for good reading. Uh, we've got plenty of interviews and analysis about this jobs read that's on our website. So really, you know, if you're interested, we had an all-star panel uh, for the big picture, and you can find that on the website quite easily. Look, it's just it's it's really hard to get a read, a clean read on on the jobs market when we've had lockdowns and and emerging from lockdowns at different paces across the nation and closed borders and everything else. Yeah, it's uh it was really hard on you to actually go not to go to keep interest in the conversation, but because it just was so noisy, it was such a messy report, and uh, we didn't even get into the, the actual uh, no number on air. But mm-hmm. when you go and look at you know some of the distortions that are created by the rotation groups that are coming in and out, because so much has changed over the past twelve months or the past eight months should i say and so when they rotate in and out the, the groups that are coming in and out have vastly different characteristics when it comes to unemployment participation rate all that kind of stuff and that really influences as well and you can't seasonally adjust at the moment as well so i asked joe master from ey who's uh, been looking at these things for, for a long period of time and i said joe like when are we going to actually get a proper clean read about what's truly going on in the labor market and she said you know scotty it could honestly be uh, with seasonal adjustments, the way and how long it takes to go and play out, it could be years. Mm-hmm. So okay. let's go and see. I reckon uh, everything's going to be about the wage price index that's going to be released next Monday. That is going to be the big kicker and probably go and dictate what it comes to uh, RBA yeah. rate expectations. Right. All right. Well, looking forward to that one. Look, tonight we've got bond markets closed in the U.S. for Veterans Day, their version of Remembrance Day. Uh, U.S. share markets, though, are open for trade. Uh, there's not really any major economic data being released tonight, and I don't think there is here in the region tomorrow either. Maybe we'll have a bit of an easy Friday, you think? <laughs> Famous last words, you yeah. know. I just pro- cursed us. Pro- pro- probably something, a property developer in China will collapse or something. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen. But uh, uh, yeah. I'll knock on wood. I just knocked on wood. Bring it on. It's going to be a good day, and then make sure you tune in tomorrow afternoon as well. It's at 4 o'clock for the last call. I'm sure right, cool. there'll, there'll be a few of us. Uh, can you go and have a beer? All right. Um, Scotty, have a good night. You too.